Good evening and welcome to the Late Late Show with Catherine Taylor um, and I'm welcoming tonight as well uh, Zoe Neagle. This is Teachers Talk Radio and you are listening live. My guest tonight is Zoe Neagle, a fabulous uh, assistant head teacher from North London. We're going to be speaking about all things ECT and um, about how to support teachers at all stages of their careers. So welcome to Zoe. This is Teachers Talk Radio and you are listening live. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. Welcome to the Late Late Show. My name is Catherine Taylor and I'm speaking to you here from Buckinghamshire in the UK. On today's show, I'll be talking to Zoe Neagle. Um, I'll be talking to Zoe about a number of things, including her experiences of supporting beginning and early career teachers and, in fact, teachers at many stages of their career. Um, and remember, if you are listening in live and would like to join us, either to post a question in the chat or for Zoe, for Zoe to answer, or if you want to call in and speak to us, then please download the Podbean app and visit ttradio.org and click Listen Live on the homepage. This should take you to, directly to the show. There you can post comments and ask questions during our conversation. Once I've spoken to Zoe, I'll open up to any of you who want to call in. But before I um, introduce Zoe, I'm just going to uh, show, play the news. It's time for a fresh start to language learning. Pearson Edexcel's new student-centred French, German and Spanish 2024 GCSEs cater to the needs of all learners, regardless of their background, ability or reason for studying. Rooted in learned language knowledge, their assessments are transparent and accessible, allowing all students to showcase their language skills. Through inclusive and relatable content, the new Pearson Edexcel MFL GCSEs build a shared cultural capital that helps students develop an understanding of and appreciation for the wider world. Find out more at go.pearson.com forward slash MFL GCSE 24. This programme has been brought to you by The Happy Confident Company. Our clinically approved, ready-to-go, well-being and mental health programme will help your pupils thrive. In only 10 minutes a day, you'll be able to deliver social and emotional learning and well-being tools throughout your school. To find out more, visit us at www.happyconfident.com. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio News. The BBC reports that one in three primary schools has no male teachers. The study by the Warwick Business School says the proportion of schools without a male classroom teacher has increased in the last 12 months. The report's author, Dr Joshua Fullard, said this lack of male teachers was bad for pupils. Dr Fullard is Assistant Professor of Behavioural Science at Warwick Business School. He went on to say that there is a large body of research that shows students benefit from being educated by a teacher with certain similarities to them. 
The report also found that schools in special measures are less likely to have a male classroom teacher. In total, the report found that 24.3% of all state schools in England had no male classroom teachers. The report called for teachers' pay to be raised by more than 10% and for a merit-based reduction in tuition fees for university-led teacher training to be introduced. Julie McCulloch, Director of Policy for Askell Union, said more needed to be done to attract men and women alike. And a spokesperson for the DfE said the department wanted the profession to be inclusive. North East Child Poverty Commission website reports that new figures published by the DfE confirm that more than three in ten pupils across the North East are now registered for free school meals. This is an increase from January 2022. It remains the highest proportion of any part of England. The figure of 30.4% is compared with 18.8% of pupils in the South East and 19.4% in the East of England. The England-wide rate is 23.8%. All regions have seen a significant increase in the number and share of children eligible for free school meals over the last seven years. The Guardian reports children's enjoyment of writing has fallen to crisis point following research completed by the National Literacy Trust. The charity says an alarmingly low level of children and young people enjoy writing. The research was conducted across the UK. 34.6% of young people aged 8 to 18 said that they enjoy writing in their free time. Although three in four children starting school said that they enjoyed writing, this dropped to one in four by the age of 16. The Children's and Young People's Writing Report is drawn from over 70,000 responses from children to the charity's annual literacy survey. The number of children who say they enjoy writing in their free time has dropped by 12.2% in the 13 years since the survey began. Young people do report that they write to improve mental health and well-being and to support causes or issues they care about. Full details can be found on the National Literacy Trust website. Finally, Microsoft News reports that Taiwan has made the move to use Generative Artificial Intelligence, or AI, to help students learn English. Teachers in the country often report that students read and write better than they speak English, as shyness and a lack of practice can hinder oral communication. A new chatbot has been funded by Taiwan's Ministry of Education to help pupils get the practice they need. The Cooley bot allows pupils to speak person to AI and build up conversation on preset topics. It also assesses punctuation, accuracy and fluency. Taiwan has set a goal of becoming bilingual in Chinese and English by 2030. This has been your Teachers Talk Radio News with Joe Fox. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, this week I'm going to ask you a question. Do you use presentation software to help you deliver your lessons? 99% of you will be saying yes at this point. Have you ever considered how many presentations the average pupil in your school sees in a day, in a week, or even in their entire school life? Considering a typical secondary education, with a bit of rough maths, over a week with five lessons a day, there's potential to see 25 presentations. That's 100 presentations in just four weeks. I've left out any additional presentations like assemblies and visitors, etc. Working on a 38-week year, that's a whopping 950 presentations a year. 
That's a lot of presentations. Now, let's throw in some schools have a standardized slide theme and set layouts. Now we have 950 exactly the same lesson beginnings. I'm not saying this is a bad thing, but do we really know what experience a pupil gets through a typical week in school? Are they being engaged or are they being presented with the same visual stimulus day in, day out, simply causing them to fly below the radar. If you're like me, you're now thinking, how do I make my presentation stand out? Is there a presentation software out there that's better than all the rest? In my humble opinion, this is like the visualizer versus HD webcam argument. What works for some does not work for others because all subjects are not the same, which is a good thing, don't get me wrong, but please bear in mind that what works for one teacher may not work for another. A search for free presentation software returns no less than 24 apps I recognize. Some are interactive like Mentimeter, others have more dynamic transitions like Prezi. Most also have additional features and add-ons you can purchase. I know what you're saying, come on Steve, which is the best though? Well the answer is simple, but I've run out of time, so I'll have to tell you next week. In the meantime, please consider the number of presentations a typical pupil is subjected to in your school. Does this need to change, or does it work, and how do you know? Do you have a preferred presentation software and what are the features that make it stand out for you? Let us know at TT Radio Official. I'm Steve Woods and that was Two Minute Tech. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods. Your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Welcome back. This is The Late Late Show with Catherine Taylor and my special guest tonight, Zoe Neagle. And uh, if you want to ring in or ask us a question, you can pop it in the chat. Or if you want to download the Podbean app, then you can do so. And then you can uh, call in by pressing the icon at the top of the screen on your phone's app and uh, click and I'll connect you. So I'll be talking to, uh, to Zoe about all things um, ECT and uh, ITT, which is a bit of uh, alphabet soup. Uh, that came up on my tutor time this week, actually. I had a child who was absolutely convinced that alphabet soup was alphabet spaghetti, and we had to Google it. So um, we're going to try and avoid the acronyms. Um, so, Zoe, welcome. Uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about your typical day and your role surrounding um, teacher training and ITTs and... Uh, and ECTs? Yes, of course. Firstly, thank you for having me on. Um, it's a great pleasure to talk about the passion for teaching and working in schools. Um, a typical day in my current position as assistant head overseeing teaching and learning, um, it's a crazy day. Um, it's a day that I love um, with, you know, there's lots and lots of variety. Um, I work in a very busy school. It's a through school at the moment, so primary, secondary and sixth form with a range of students um, coming through the door all of the time. Um, I've got a fabulous uh, set of lessons that I, uh, that I have the pleasure of teaching, both in English and drama, but I also have the wonderful experience of going around and working with a lot of um, fabulous colleagues. A lot of those tend to be ECT, so early career teachers, um, as well as working with more experienced staff um, in terms of how we can formulate the best possible learning opportunities for all of our students. Excellent. And so, so you know, when you've come to this role, um, you've talked about supporting the early career teachers. What kind of things um, do you kind of go through with them? What's their kind of curriculum? 
Well, I think it's really important that um, they get a rich diet of lots of different and varied experiences. Firstly, um, the uh, early careers framework has changed quite recently from what used to be called, um, you know, the NQT years. So early careers uh, teacher training and you would do your initial teacher training and then you'd have um, an N one NQT year. But now it's turned to two years. And I think that's really positive because it gives um, a lot more opportunity for, uh, for the teachers to reflect and to really embed their practice. So I think what's lovely is that there's a, a triangulation with uh, the teacher trainee themselves and then with the providing bodies with lots of different theory and research it that kind of feed into their practice and then they have an opportunity alongside a mentor to work really hard to embed that in their practice mm. and kind of make sure that the classroom um, strategies that they're using and the ideology behind what they're doing is really effective in order for the mm. students to make progress and I think those relationships there are something that's you know that's, that's really tangible and when it works well leads to real success in the classroom. Yeah, no, it's so interesting. I work with ECTs as well in my role. And what I really like is um, sort of that that fresh faced um, eagerness that you get with some people. Mm. And, you know, I know that we both follow the early career framework. And last week I, I was delivering a session to some ECTs in year one and mm -hmm. they were doing all this stuff about their, their professional responsibilities and their, you know, what what they think makes them a professional teacher and that kind of thing. And it's just so, so lovely sort of having those conversations because, you know, you and I know that we've all met cynical teachers, haven't we? Uh -huh. We've all met, you know, and occasionally probably been those cynical teachers <laughs> in some in some respects. Um, so, you know, how do you... How do you kind of go about trying to keep them buoyed up and not 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 kind of ground down by the what is ultimately a really dynamic and quite stressful environment and uh, you know so much multitasking going on? So how do you keep them buoyed up? Okay, I think it's really important to consider them and to help them along the way to view this not as a job but as a profession yeah. and we all know that it's the vocation in terms of going into teaching the desire to go into schools um you know is something that is innate and people jump from various careers to do or they come to fresh from university mm. and I think it's um, important that we enable them to keep their minds open and think of it as a profession not a job because mm -hmm. Once we have that insular view where it's just about that one place or that one classroom or that one department, I think that becomes a, a difficult place for them to avoid burnout. Yeah. And we're, and there's lots of a variety in, in different schools. And I think one of the way I would one of the ways I would buoy them up is to inspire them mm -hmm. about what's out there and to continue that professional development and the understanding that as professionals we're never the finished article yeah, and yeah. we're continually evolving. And so even when I think there's a false kind of economy that teachers just think, right, well you give them a lesson plan and then they do it and then that's it they're a teacher and they're done mm. and I think the danger of that is is as we all know one lesson plan won't work for one class it won't work for another yeah. person yeah. there's an element of autonomy with everybody and I think it's that eagerness to be 
able to be to discipline oneself to constantly look and strive and become supported by the different researchers inspired by so many wonderful educationists that are out there and know that it's that you're on a journey you're on a journey and you're and so um I think yes to avoid cynicism but know that that is part or part and parcel of a very busy uh, lifestyle as a teacher mm-hmm. but absolutely not being defined by one of the placements that you might be in or the school that you tend to do your ECT in what well saying that there's some wonderful wonderful schools out there that manage to inspire and hold on to their teacher trainees and they have long mm-hmm. and very wonderful careers in those schools but I think that's one of the main Um, strings to my bow is to ensure that we think that this is a long-term goal we're evolving Mm -hmm. and that you um you ultimately get to develop yourself in any way you any way you see fit to keep yourself contented and to keep yourself up to date as a professional and um, understand that the profession is moving in different directions Mm -hmm. as opposed to stagnating as with the young people that we are trying to inspire ourselves we need to adjust our style Mm. the things that we do the way that we look the curriculum that we teach alongside them so Mm. I think it's a very liberating view when you have that outlook as opposed to just thinking that you have to do what it says on a powerpoint or do what it says from a lesson plan and I think that that can become frustrating for people certainly um, creative thinkers as many teachers are Mm -hmm. um, and that we, we love the autonomy, but also ensuring that that autonomy is kind of developed in the in the appropriate way. Yeah, no, that's so interesting. I mean, I, I, I can get tremendously boring about my views on professionalism. So if I, if I, if it goes going that way, just in, <laughs> intervene. <laughs> but, you know, I'm absolutely fascinated by the kind of what, what the question of what teacher professionalism is mm. and this idea that we have like a system which is quite a managerial techno technicalized system which mm. does kind of want to push us towards this really efficient way of teaching which is perhaps linked to really standardized powerpoints or lesson plans or particular ways of doing things and you know that can lead to like the churn and burn of Mm -hmm. of getting people in and then they only last five years and all the rest of it so that kind of really narrowed down autonomy that's kind of our system that we're all within but at the same time there's other competing kind of ways of looking at professionalism so you might have a very traditional view of and there probably will be people in your school that have a really excuse me traditional Mm -hmm. view of um professionalism and um you know they might be very keen on sort of their their experience and you know how much they've learned and you know it's not nothing of course you know experience is is a really wonderful wonderful thing but I tend to kind of worry a bit about teachers who think that their, their professionalism is only based on experience and I think, Absolutely. I think the really important point you made was about being up to date and researched engaged and kind of ready to change your practice and mm. ready to adapt your practice and it, that's that's a mindset I think you know yeah I think I think obviously we have to quality assure the standard of the teachers that we're training and so therefore there is some judgments that are placed against the teaching standards however I think what's really important is 
we upskill mentors and we upskill departments and we upskill people that are overseeing in terms of this this coaching mentality and the the coaching allows people to be very self-reflective and to question why they might be doing things so therefore so and if as long as they're well informed like you say Mm. if they're well informed by reading the latest things or following certain people educators on twitter or looking into different literature and if there's a variety there's never just one way of doing these things likewise there's never one way of making sure the learner learns there's a whole variety thing that encompasses it and as you say us as professionals need to be open to the fact that we can be multifaceted in the different techniques that we try and i think um yeah experience can give a lot Um, a lot to a trainee teacher but not specifically everything Mm. and I think there is a danger with just experience is kind of kind of reiterating and churning out the same thing all of the time Mm. without that fresh view without that reflection and saying well is it working is it right for my context is it right for my time is it right for my learners because our learners change and the, the, the needs of our learners change all of the time Um, and and likewise us as individuals change and the times that we're in change and I think there's lots of things that we need to do in order to protect our trainee teachers we all know that teacher recruitment is in a you know is is in a a horrendous state and however those of us that have been doing it and know that what a rich and fulfilling job Mm. it can be and you know and it is a wonderful job and we're always waiting to get that kind of sweet spot with those students and we're in it for the students but saying that we also really appreciate that that there's lots of time and effort and you know nobody can really appreciate just how consuming Mm. a job it can Mm. be and certainly you know everybody chuckles when they know a teacher at the you know that old adage you know oh you only work nine till three and you get 13 weeks holiday well I mean all of us (laughs) chuckle at that because if you ever knew anything that is certainly not a true reflection of the profession I I read somewhere that I was earning 76,000 pounds a year and leaving it I'd love to get where I go and what I spend it on because that's it was news to me absolutely and I think you know I think what we really need to do is not just have the glib tv adverts that show doing wonderful things suddenly or you know i think what we need to do is make some real decisions on a national level how we're going to it you know attract more people to the profession because we need to have a, a whole range of our society our school students need to have teachers albeit training or having taught or coming from industry of a you know range of genders Mm. range of background we need a whole multicultural element and Mm. and so therefore our teacher you know the, the the teaching profession is inclusive of everybody and so therefore the students that we're teaching get to reflect the reality of their life to them and I think to do that we need to really make sure that the quality of teacher training is empowering and so therefore it isn't just a job that you can do while you while your kids are young or it's not just a job that you can do as an interim until you get a proper job and I was on a conference uh this Saturday actually a professional conference um that was very inspiring. There was a whole range of, uh, of 
of teacher talk uh, teacher talks um a number of them made reference to the fact that they were going to do teaching until they got a proper job and we all kind of laughed the auditorium laughs because we fully understand that actually some of the opinions that other people have about our profession you know are kind of rooted in this misunderstanding and i and i, and I think the understanding needs to be really clear in terms of what it is that we're doing and how we do it to make that difference and i think going back to your former question i think um th that triangulation between ensuring that we have good quality providers mm -hmm. for our teacher training so and we're allowing them to make mistakes and we're allowing them to be in a safe environment where they're supported so you know i have a huge range of ects in the school that i'm working mm -hmm. at and i think support is crucial and being able to upskill them and to develop this toolkit of them and you know that hunger and verve to want to learn more and to be mm -hmm. able to go out and and try new things but also learn from the experienced mm -hmm. ones by sharing that good practice experiencing that good practice and knowing that you can get those success moments with a class because that's what kind of yeah. leads us yeah. not the data drives not all of the kind of get writing another email and dealing with all of those it's those classroom experiences though <laughs> I think, I think that's really, I mean, yeah, <laughs> really, they've got their place. They've got their place. <laughs> no, I, I think you're right. I mean, I guess it's so interesting. I was going to talk to you about that conference that, that we went mm -hmm. to, actually, because you, you took quite a number of your ECTs yes. with you, didn't you? Yes. And, and how did they respond to those kind of talks with those experienced practitioners that were going on? Well, you know, I think, firstly, there was we have we have to be appreciative that it was on a Saturday, and so therefore there was an element of bribery in terms of a free <laughs> pub grub and some free time. But I think that's the important part is to appreciate, like in the in the outside world, as it were, if you were doing overtime, you'd get something back. And I think again, this this kind of false mentality that you give blood, sweat, tears, and you kind of you know throw your soul at this job until you can't do it anymore is something that we've got to stop so i yeah. think firstly with the promise of some time back and the promise and i've yeah. got a wonderfully supportive head and the promise of um some free pub grub there there was a, a number of them there's 11 in fact that, that that signed up for that saturday and we had a wonderful day and there was very very positive comments they were inspired mm -hmm. the fact that they got to choose all the different speeches that they went to and so therefore they were they were able to kind of manipulate their journey or that academic journey the way that they wanted mm -hmm. and it was being very much done with rather than done to yeah. so they had the autonomy to choose what speakers or topics they were interested in yeah, yeah. and therefore therefore evoke some really interesting questions and again it's about that professional conversation and it was a pleasure to be in within a very nice school grounds on this uh, on this occasion whereby you were with fellow friends fellow colleagues fellow professionals that we were really talking about the nitty-gritty and it wasn't mm. just about how, what we're going to do with our next policy or what we're going to do it was a it was a really meaningful engaging mm -hmm. debate and they and really inspiring by a lot of people yeah. and so therefore and it, what was lovely for me was on monday morning at briefing to overhear conversations whereby people were asking about it and they were talking so positively yeah. and yeah. asking when the next one was and saying it was really good and questions like 
it really made me think about and so therefore I think what's really interesting is those boundaries blur so in terms of as being a, a teacher trainer what's important is that you, we need to remember that we are learners and we mm. continue that learning yeah, alongside yeah. the students. And if we can, whatever our subject choices and whatever kind of key stage we're teaching and whether it's primary or even, but that love for learning yeah. and identifying yeah. us as human beings learning, whatever our age, I think is yeah. is something that is, you know, it, it's truly, truly wonderful, actually, yeah, <laughs> without and, sounding and, glib. Yeah. Well, it's, it's not glib, though, because it is supported by the evidence. There is research evidence that tells us that, you know, a good CPD, a good diet of good CPD, and I know that there can be some really not very good CPD, mm-hmm. um, but a good diet of good CPD actually does kind of buffer you a bit from the symptoms of burnout. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I can speak to this personally because I definitely have been at a point where I've been very close to walking away Mm -hmm. and you know I've taken on I'm doing my doctorate I've taken that on and of course you will imagine that is an an awful lot of work Mm -hmm. and people sort of say how do you do well actually I feel so much better now that I'm doing that because I'm so interested in what I'm doing it makes it so much more engaging for me Mm. whereas before I was just tired Mm. and probably slightly bored and slightly underemployed and you know that is not a healthy place to be Mm. whereas if you throw yourself into you know okay I'm interested in well for me it's sort of professional development as a general topic but you might be interested in in anything you know physics for girls or you know well my uh, my what sparked my interest originally is that I uh, um I originally came to teaching via uh teaching in prisons and young offenders and being in contact very closely with people that have become disaffected with the education system and so it made me question quite um thoroughly about how could there be a difference in order to stop these young people becoming on this path and so therefore I decided to do a bit more research and then I went to the Institute of Education and did my PGCE um, and working in inner London schools and found you know it is very much about it's a it's very much about the department that you were placed in back then and who and how you were able to kind of manage those classes. And I think what's happened very recently or, you know, in in latter years, because I've been teaching for 23 years, is there's been far more support and investment in the theoretical knowledge as well Mm -hmm. as the, the, Mm -hmm. the emotional support of of the teacher trainers rather than just kind of throw you in and sink or swim kind of mentality. And I think, that's what led me to do, to do my master's in education again was to kind of look for that real deep knowledge and alongside the philosophy in terms of mm-hmm. what do we know how can it help and how do we implement it and more importantly how do we share that knowledge mm-hmm. and I think I was really lucky to work in some really fantastic departments whereby rather than um, you know everybody just doing their own thing and working in a bespoke way we really were kind of together and working as a wonderful team and supported each other and laughed and cried with all of the difficulties that you know presents themselves when you're trying to teach um, in a very difficult school but it actually made the journey much more favorable and I think we need to have a very big dollop of real life when we go in there as well because when we're reading some of these um, 
texts about how to do it right in the sweet spot and that there's this kind of utopia about our, our practice will become beautiful every day mm. and that's not you know, the reality and, it, and it's a blame game as well though because yeah. you know there certainly has been a and i you know i'm reading the book at the moment tyranny of of uh, merit and this sort of this this virtue about it so somehow if it's not going right it must be because you're not working hard enough yeah, and you know we internalize that whether it's intentional or not mm -hmm. and I, I don't think it's always been intentional i think there have been some messages that have come out mm -hmm. um via sort of uh, absolutely yeah. our, our mr gove um yeah. over the years when mm. back in between 2010 and 2019 when we had that really horrible framework oh that, my lord you know, that has caused scars that oh, i'm not it sure has, you know progress in 20 minutes yeah you know, absolutely it's a, too quiet too still too noisy too you know what you couldn't get it right I, well i think absolutely i think you're right there has been there's been so many mistakes in that you know in within the title of education historically and i think this evolution that's coming through much more publicly now about listening to the people's voice listening to teacher voice mm -hmm. listening to student voice mm -hmm. listening to you know that the, uh, our unions and even Mr. Oftedstead themselves listening to mm. and kind of moving forward on the back of what's actually happening in schools, what's actually happening mm. with head teachers, yeah. what's actually happening with staff. It doesn't matter how good the training is, it doesn't matter how good the school is or how needy the students are. If you haven't got teachers in front of those uh, young learners, then you know, it doesn't matter how good the systems are, it's not going to work. But mm. clearly, if we can't recruit the, and retain those teachers, then something is wrong in the system. And so yeah. we are, yeah. are being asked for them to be doing unnecessarily difficult tasks that's unmanageable and cannot be sustainable mm. in the way that people expect it to be in other professions. And I think one of the one of the things I notice with young people, and I have the pleasure of working with lots of 20 odd year olds, is that their own peers, they talk to their peers and their peers, if they choose not to go in into education, there isn't an expectation of them to be working weekends and evenings mm. and constantly. And they do tend to have lots more you know, money and they can afford, unfortunately, I am working in a situation with wonderful ECTs, but they are having to take a second job, a second job alongside mm. teacher training in order just to you know cover their cost of living, cover their cost of living in in London, but wherever. But that's that's madness. That's absolute madness. So in terms of the quality is there, but sometimes we do need to start questioning how how can we look after people we're living in in amongst a mental health crisis post covid and therefore some of the stresses that we're putting on to our young professionals um are unmanageable you know mm. unmanageable because in order we all know that we need to manage their capacity we need to have that work-life balance and those are people that have been teaching briefly or uh, long term work-life balance is it, it is something that becomes a bit laughable when you're in the midst of uh, yeah, you know a yeah. full-on teaching timetable um but you know i think schools are becoming much better at thinking about staff well-being mm -hmm. and being able to be flexible and i think that's moving forward and i look forward to a day where you know we can celebrate that we've got it much better you yeah, know yeah. but currently i think that is one of the challenges with ects because 
there's so much pressure that they put on themselves alongside the system that actually we need to make sure that we've got mentors. One way I look after them is try to give them that massive dollop of real life and say, you know what, sometimes good is good enough and that you're going to have to walk away and make sure that you don't be you know continuing to plan lessons into mm. you know way into the night and you have to just stop and make sure that you ask for help and that you follow you know you use your you, you use your colleagues wisdom and you know and and manage manage that those stress levels mm. because otherwise there is no longevity in this profession mm. you know mm. and look for different ways and different avenues and appreciate that young children, you know, children are children, kids are kids. And sometimes no matter what it is that you do, it just might not be the right day or they might not have eaten the right food. And it doesn't matter how wonderful your PowerPoint is. <laughs> yeah, and it doesn't yeah. matter how many interactive thing, things that you have. Mm. They might have had an argument with their girlfriend or boyfriend mm. or whatever prior to it. And something that you've planned might not work. And it's just about having that kind of levity to be able to to laugh and brush it off and, uh, and work with them and I think sometimes that's difficult for young professionals mm -hmm. it's difficult for well yeah yeah yeah, all of us, yeah yeah no it's it's so interesting I mean you obviously lead a lot of CPD yeah. some of it's provided to you by uh -huh. the agencies involved in the ECF um and some of it you've designed yourself mm -hmm. um you know I mean, when you were, was in the prisons, was it when you were in the prisons? Was it um, young adults or young or like? I worked in both. So I worked with um, with adults, both in a female and a male pr uh, prison separately, and then I did work with young offenders. Mm. So they they were yeah. much youngsters, but it was. It, the, the approach I took was literacy through a practical approach. So using dramatic application in order mm. and looking at restorative behaviours and um, communication skills. And I think that was a massive um, element that was missing from, you know, their, the, the kind of their skill set at the mm. time. And I think mm. that had led to it. And I think um, the CPD that I look for to do an internal and external within the school is again is thinking about how do we fill those professional skill set how do we scratch mm. the itch yeah. how do we make that um, bespoke so I think that's important obviously there is numbers of whole school things that we need to and certainly it's about contextual um, factors and so therefore if there's a higher cohort of EAL students or SEND students then it's about making sure that the teachers have got that those adaptive teaching strategies mm -hmm. within within their toolkit but equally it might be certain subject specific so I think again what we talked about is that it is that teacher voice mm -hmm. so making sure that we um, and I use different ways of trying to ensure that those teachers voices are heard so therefore we can kind of craft mm. it to a bespoke way. And I think it's really important doing doing with rather than doing to. And also giving them the voice because mm. offering them to be uh, able to share what they've learned or what they've experienced to mm. others. Mm. Because like I say, sometimes it's the teacher trainers that have got the fresher, or sorry, the ITT, so the trainee teachers that have got the fresher look or a, a, or a yeah. newer take on something and can bring that yeah bring the freshness and bring those that new way of looking at something that actually sometimes when we're in our teaching bubble and we've been doing it for years one way actually it needs some fresh eyes to kind of shake yeah. it up and give some new suggestions so I think that's 
what I think about. And, and absolutely, having 23 years teaching, I've been through some awful CPD. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always just think, how do I get this? How do I get the participants involved? How do I make it meaningful? And what is it that they can take away? Yeah. Because if it's not useful, then that's difficult. And I think for me, one of the frustrations of the training recently, obviously in the light of COVID, is this um, a, a definite reliance on teams and and kind of digital platforms to utilise mm-hmm. it. And I think whilst there's lots of work that's going on to make that interactive, mm-hmm. I think there's certain a certain element that's lost when you don't have the, the kind of you know the buzz of meeting other colleagues and yeah, you don't have yeah. that instantaneous um interaction with mm-hmm. other people and, and 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 it's those things that make it more memorable when it's kind of again there's that screen that it is a barrier it's a barrier to how it how yeah, personal yeah. it is and so i think not only what we're training teachers but the way we're teaching training at so you're not, yeah. you're not a fan of the uh, the face the online sessions. Not as an entirely sole model. No, I yeah. think it has its place. It definitely has to have its place. But I think if we look to the, <laughs> if I, I know there's a, an investigation that's happening. I heard on the news this morning that's going to be a three years in, investigation about how ready we were with the pandemic and the effects that it's had mm-hmm. and the effects on education. And um, just on Saturday, you know, it's going to take us ten years to close the gap of you know uh, uh, of the of some of the students that were struggling prior to the epidemic you know uh, yeah, right yeah. so and I, and I think now if we look at our online learning platform and some of the things that we all struggled with in terms of cameras in terms of uh, uh, you know students struggling to interact and looking at doing other things looking at phones etc us as teachers fall foul of those very same things mm. when we become the learners with the ability to turn our camera off or to turn our um, microphone off and suddenly there's a, there's something else that we need to be doing. I think every teacher, absolutely everybody is time poor. So if you could be trying to multitask at the same time, yeah. then absolutely everybody will, albeit a text message or even doing some marking at the same time. So I think... When we look at models for CPD, I think when you're in the moment, when you're meeting people, I think you're much more present rather than just being digitally present. And I think when we're looking at face with the lack of time and looking to be what has the most impact and impact is a really important word in education that we need to think about that as well mm-hmm. for our teacher trainers. Pull that thread actually, the impact thread, because one of the things I, I think is that all teachers would really benefit from a good grounding in research skills in order to be able to evaluate their practice in a, a bit more of a robust way, okay? And so to be able to, to not only say, you know, rather than your reflection being, well, that didn't work, I won't do that again, but actually try and go, okay, well, what what went wrong? What was it that I did or didn't do that in my planning, in my preparation, my delivery, whatever, that made the wheels come off or didn't quite go how I expected? And I think, you know, to, to be able to be really, really good at being a reflective practitioner, I think you, you do need some structure mm-hmm. and time, but some structure and skill in in terms of how you 
how you evaluate how how well things have gone and you know dylan william talks i think he's had a new book out i don't know if it's out already or not but he talks about you know there's lots of things that teachers of all experiences do really well and which work fine for them but could it be that there are new things or other things which you know may or may not be new which would get a good result and a good impact but more than the other one and it could be that we have to be prepared to say goodbye to some of our really cherished practices that we we like because it turns out you can do something different and engage more of your learners or get more um, bang for your buck if you like mm-hmm. um so in terms of the ability of teachers at any level of their career what, what would you say in terms of um what could we could improve in how we evaluate our cpd offer and encourage teachers to do that so as part of their professionalism if you like yeah absolutely i think we need to we need to go with the research that's out there and make sure that our research is up to date but also ensure that we are evaluating when we try to put those things in practice and i know the eef does a fantastic uses a fantastic tool in terms of evaluating its research and thinking how much time and effort and impact that it has and certainly the eef is something that um what i've referred to when it comes to my ects Mm -hmm. and there's different theories that within the teacher training um framework we refer to to our teachers mm-hmm. in terms of looking and applying certain models rather than just going, oh, did that work? Didn't that work? Etc. Yeah. Um, but I think part of the process that we forget to do is, again, is really listen and reflect on 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 the voice of uh, and and following it up so the voice of the pupils themselves so ensuring that them as a stakeholder are taking part of this, mm-hmm. but but again rather than just assuming that they've learned looking at where the learning has taken place and if it's been effective in the Mm. way that we want so try to identify the learner's voice in this and look for evidence and I also think about them revisiting in a range of contexts so thinking about how to to try again in a different way in a different way and so not just not just in a gimmicky way try something and then go or move it on and I think Dylan William talks a lot about avoiding the gimmick and trying to make sure that what you're doing has real um has real impact to the learners Mm. yeah no it's really brilliant i was just uh wondering we've got a couple of people listening in i don't know if anybody um wants to call in and uh, has any any thoughts on what we've been discussing uh we're talking of course about um early career framework uh, early career teachers um so if you are interested in uh, joining in the conversation please do um just uh call through to uh, on the Podbean app or pop a, a message in the chat. It would be great to hear from you if you uh, want to call in. This is the bit when you think, right, I'm going to uh, leave my waiting time. And you don't... <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like being in school. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, since since we've got uh, a few people um, on the... Uh, on the line there um i wonder if anybody does want to call in please do feel free at any time but zoe i just want to sort of say it's so fascinating talking to you and thank you so much for coming in we've got um about 15 minutes left so i'd really like to hear a bit more about your experience of cpd 
what would you say has been the most inspirational CPD that you have ever um, engaged in? Um, I think some of, whilst some of the new, sorry, some of the new things that are happening, the MPQs, and I think in terms of inspirational and useful and kind of unpicking what that means, but recently having completed the MPQ SL, I think that the journey that I found in that with the combination of learning new material, Mm -hmm. um, looking at a range of material mm -hmm. and being able to have the autonomy and choice as myself as a professional in in which which areas I adopt uh, adopted. Mm -hmm. So as a lean as a leader, there's lots of different elements that you could adopt. But thinking about how do I sculpt and mould myself given the research that's out there, the things that do work mm. and the practice, but how can I then make that embedded within, but also sit alongside mm. my, my beliefs and the, and, and, and the things that I have. I think the MPQSL was absolutely fantastic. And in terms of ongoing CPD, mm. to have the pleasure of being able to facilitate the MPQs, um, the MPQs, uh, recently and there's now six out there I think from another point of view as a facilitator I've thoroughly enjoyed that continued professional mm. development to be able to take it from the other side so not only have you know participating in the CPD myself and taking the learning mm. through but helping to facilitate others so I think for me it's really important to see that inspiration and to reassure those teachers and say, yes, I hear you. I know it's hard. I yeah. know this is frustrating. But l have you thought about that or talk about that? Or mm. why don't you do something about that? And this is what they do in other schools and kind of lead, being able to lead and, uh, and facilitate them into new learning as like because as like learners in our classroom. But mm. being able to do that with fellow professionals for me yeah. has been an inspiration. Fantastic. I can see we've got uh, someone calling in. I don't know if you can uh, do that again because it didn't quite work. I wasn't quite quick enough. Um, no, I've I've really enjoyed um, facilitating on those courses as well. And I think you definitely do. Um, it, you, you are learning. And I think one of the things I would say is that sometimes people do feel like, you know, how is it going to be translated back into their school? Uh Kebe, I can see that you're saying you're calling, but I can't see a call coming in. I don't know uh, if you want to just try again. It'd be great to hear from you if you, here we go, invite you in. Hello. We've got, who have we got here? Hi. Hi, how are you? Thanks. How are you? We're good. What would you like to contribute about ECTs and uh and? Okay. There you go. Okay, I think we're gonna we're gonna leave that one there. Okay. Okay, never mind. Um so we're just going to have the last sort of 10 minutes then. Okay, see if he's definitely gone. 
nope, not sure what's going on there, but uh, let's make sure we're <laughs> disconnected. Yeah. Right. Um, I mean, sorry, I think this, this, is, <laughs> this is a prime example of sometimes when technical difficulties <laughs> happen in the classroom. <laughs> I think that's something that teacher <laughs> trainer need to have a whole IT development and training of the practicalities know, and not, 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 not just the, the lessons <laughs> and the content but sometimes again moving schools recently where they've got a whole different IT system and you know the, the practicality of being able to juggle all of those things whilst yeah, yeah. talking whilst keeping students engaged whilst teaching the content sometimes can be you know yeah, no, <laughs> a struggle in itself multitasking multitasking um so yeah i mean what i was sort of saying about the the mpqs is that i kind of feel sometimes like there's some people are, go through those courses really inspired and then they go back to work yeah and it's not always like you know especially the the specialist ones you know the leading teacher development mm -hmm. the behavior and culture and the leading teaching there are definitely people who and i think it's an improvement you no longer have to do a project yes yeah way. i do but, agree because that's really difficult to manage and i completely understand why you can't just give everyone who wants one some kind of whole school project because it's not practical and it's not you know on message necessarily um but certainly there are people who want to do a, a, some kind of they want to do something with it that's practical and they kind mm. of don't always necessarily have the position within the, within the school to do it so I, I guess my point is it's a bit of a balancing act isn't it with, yeah with giving people this access to this whole new world of research and, and practical tips and, and things like that yeah they then maybe feel frustrated in their ability to um to uh, to do yeah i think it's an important part of communication because i think we need to grow our our teachers and grow our professionals and that's right from root the grassroots level of you know early career um framework teachers up the way through to middle leaders and yeah. then through into senior leadership and i think the problem is is about empowering how do we empower and give over some responsibility without the title necessarily without the money yeah. but with the will and the, but the keep, coherence absolutely you know, within that otherwise it just all goes very nebulous and you know it's really difficult to kind of have a coherent message yeah you know? um i can see that paul uh is wanting to call in we've got about two or three more minutes before um we have to go to our final messages uh, paul if you do want to make a very quick comment you're welcome to call in Hello, there we go. Hi there, Paul. Can you hear me? Hi, you okay? Hi, Paul. How are you? I'm not too bad. Not too bad. Thanks for the show. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I think you called in a couple of weeks ago, did you, Paul? I think I might have done. I think I told you about my uh, job role yeah. changing and things like that. Yeah. Well, how's? I wonder what your views are on and what we've been talking about tonight, the uh, the ECTs and things like that. Well, yeah, um, I've mentored a, a few in the past because um, I've been going, what, 15, 16 years now. I think there's been a shift between how, well, in my experience, teachers, how they used to feel about ECTs back then and how they feel about them now. I came across quite a lot of um, 
quite a lot of uh, dated views when I first started in the first sort of five years from some other teachers who had been teaching for a very long time and they didn't see NQTs back then as um, they wouldn't they wouldn't budge on their sort of preferred ways and preferred systems you know like you were saying before and they were less likely to take on the ideas of NQTs back then but I do think people are more open now mm. to uh, taking ideas from ECTs and people who've gone on recent CPD so I think it has definitely changed I've worked with a few ECTs in the last two or three years actually who've been very good and I've got one who's working with us who finishes her second year of ECT this year and she's going to be uh year five six teacher next year so i think it's uh i think it's good when you find a good one and they can uh update everyone else a little bit as well uh, sorry sorry Dad. absolutely i think you're right and i think you've uh, made a really valid point there is when they share in the cpd because obviously mm. um that's that's important in terms of schools and how schools manage their staff and regardless of uh, uh, of how long they've been teaching but when a meaningful cpd has happened to be able to disseminate that out to the workforce and therefore share that good practice i think you're absolutely right it's really vital and therefore people feel empowered because they're able to engage in that professional conversation and i think you're right um i remember before people rolling their eyes thinking oh i've got an nqt working with me and they're not doing it this way and i remember first i was you know i was an nqt a long time ago and had uh, the pleasure of working with alongside some fabulous english teachers but also some english teachers that had been doing the same thing for with the same text for a very long time yeah. and i do remember that feeling of frustration thinking when i suggested to do it from a more dramatic point of view and that sort of saying no 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 just do it this way just do it this way and i do still remember that actually yeah, yeah. um so i think you're absolutely right in terms of being celebrating um, different ways, different styles, mm. new, fresh ideas. And I think that shift has definitely taken place for the better, for the yeah, better. No, yeah. I, I think, um, I was, sorry, I was going to, I was going to say, I think that when, when they, um, are working with you, when you're mentoring them as well, if you give them enough space, they're willing to try those ideas that they've seen. Like I would never have, uh, I tell you what, I'd, I would never have done a lesson on Quidditch. If I hadn't yeah. seen my uh, my student come through and take an after school club for Quidditch, and he's gone on to uh, to do a decent job, and glad to say that most of the ones I sort of worked with have uh, enjoyed it and then moved on and done quite well in the future. So that's good. I mean, that's brilliant. And and you, again, you make a, a very valid point. And when, when we've got our learners in the classroom, we're encouraging them to take risks. We're encouraging them to try new things. And therefore, we're they're going to support them if they, if they don't quite work out. And so we need to be doing that with our young professionals as well. We need to be able to know that it's not the end of the world. They're not going to get sacked if something doesn't go quite well enough. And so therefore, it's about yeah. supporting them when they fall and celebrating when they fly and therefore being able to have that yeah. learning experience and yeah. really good mentors like yourself is something that's invaluable to the teacher training process yeah. absolutely and and yeah. certainly it sounds like you've got a really 
great rapport with your ECTs. But like I said before, developing that mentor, but then taking that into a coaching way and, and, and developing that coaching ideology, certainly in with ECT2s. Um, I think it's really important. And I think what it does is sow the seed for them to then become really good mentors themselves yeah. as they develop yeah. later in their career. Yeah, well, I think what, what's good, what's um, useful about our place is that we've got a head teacher who will carry that on after she's got her ECT. Because in, in the past, I've sort of I've looked after students who have done the qualification and then they go and you don't kind of see them again. Yeah. So whatever head teacher they go to work for needs to still nurture that uh, that rawness and sometimes naivety because it can actually bring on really good qualities in them as a teacher. Yeah, and and I think just to kind of remember that we're all still learners, and if we kind of visualize ourselves as as still being learners, then you know that that sets you up really. You know, if you have for whatever reason kind of closed yourself off, you know, because. A, you, you think you haven't got enough time or, you know, it's it's too hard to change, you know, why change now? Um, yeah, I think we just need to keep that mindset, don't we? Yeah, and I think, and one thing at the moment, I'm in a, on a rotation of kind of going in and visiting lessons of my ECTs and there's one, uh, there's one side of me that's kind of looking for key things uh, uh, as you know, the ECT coordinator. But there's other thing is, as I'm a teacher, excited that I'm going to see new things. I'm mm, excited yeah, yeah. that I'm going to experience, you know, fresh ideas. And there's always, always, regardless of whenever I do my lesson, lesson visits, that there's something that reminds me, oh, I should do that again. Yeah. Or there's something I take yeah. away, or there's something I revisit, or I'm inspired by something that happens. Yeah. No, that's, that's really brilliant. Thanks. Uh, thanks for calling in, Paul. I'm going to um, wind the show up now. So I really appreciate your call and I hope to speak to you again um, sometime soon. So thanks again. No problem at all. Thank you. Nice to speak to you. Take care. Right. Well, we've kind of come to the end of our time and I'm just so happy to have had Zoe here. I was going to say in my studio, it's not, it's not like a cupboard, isn't it, Zoe? Um, it's very nice. It's just very warm. <laughs> very warm. Um, but uh, I really have enjoyed speaking to you about this this evening. Thank you very much for speaking and um, sort of such wisdom and such enthusiasm as Thanks well. for, for having subject. me. You're very welcome. I'm just going to play us out with... Um, a message from our sponsor. It's time for a fresh start to language learning. Pearson Edexcel's new student-centred French, German and Spanish 2024 GCSEs cater to the needs of all learners, regardless of their background, ability or reason for studying. Rooted in learned language knowledge, their assessments are transparent and accessible, allowing all students to showcase their language skills. Through inclusive and relatable content, the new Pearson Edexcel MFL GCSEs build a shared cultural capital that helps students develop an understanding of and appreciation for the wider world. Find out more at go.pearson.com forward slash MFL GCSE 24. This programme has been brought to you by The Happy Confident Company. Our clinically approved, ready-to-go wellbeing and mental health programme will help your pupils thrive. In only 10 minutes a day, you'll be able to deliver social and emotional learning and wellbeing tools throughout your school. To find out more, visit us at www.happyconfident.com. 
So this brings us to the end of today's Late Late Show. I've been Catherine Taylor. Many thanks again to our special guest, Zoe Neagle, and for everyone who joined us this evening live and who is listening on the podcast later on. Um, remember that our Teachers Talk radio shows all week and uh, on a huge variety of subjects, just visit uh, the Podbean app or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, go on Twitter and see um, all the things that you can tune into and listen back to. Join me again for uh, fortnightly sessions with uh, Late Late Show with Catherine Taylor. Bye for now. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.